This is the Braver Podcast, episode three. Welcome to the Braver Podcast, the podcast that's focused on helping real estate business owners to transition from doing it all themselves to building a true business that creates freedom for them. Each week, we grow braver together by focusing on facing the fears and what we're avoiding to grow to the next level. If you want to hear more about building a true business, getting motivation and encouragement, leadership, spirituality, and growing braver, you found the right podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. I, I think I figured it out about six to eight months ago. I figured out and said, I'm, I'm going to need to get myself out of that role. It's just, it is too draining because I had seven appointments over three days, which is not an overwhelming number, wow. but I was, I was done. I mean, I, I was completely done. I, I slept really hard every night. It was just, it was physically draining on me. All right, really excited for you guys to be able to hear this interview I had with Glenn Williams this week. He shared a lot of great information that he's learned over the years uh, trying to grow this business. And one thing that he did say, he said during this episode that he used to believe in stay small, keep it all. Stay small, keep it all. Well, guess what? I, I believe that same thing for too many years. And uh, we dig into that quite a bit, so it's really cool. Uh, I'm sure you're really going to enjoy this episode. Really quick, before we get started, I do want to mention that the show is brought to you by Forefront CRM. That is the software that we've been building in my software company for real estate investors to help you turn more of the leads that you're doing into deals with a CRM system that's simple to use. So if you haven't checked that out, head over to ForefrontCRM.com, F-O-R-E, FrontCRM.com. And there's a button to book a demo. We'd love to show you the power of this system. All right, enough with the intros. Let's get right into the episode. All right, welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited today to have Glenn Williams on the show. I've known Glenn for years. And uh, when I reached out to, to talk, uh, to ask people that have been working on that transition of, of doing a lot of working in the business and uh, to moving to where they're setting up the business more as, as a machine and a system to be able to work more on the business. You know, Glenn was, was really quick to say, hey, I just went through a lot of that over the last several years. And so I'm super pumped to have him on the show. Super, super appreciate you being here, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Uh, anything, I can, uh, anything I can do to help and, and share what I know. Awesome. Awesome. Well, for everybody listening, would you mind sharing how you got started in this business uh, all the way up into where you are today? Sure, absolutely. I mean, I got I got started. I started buying rentals 26 years ago when I had my day job and um, left my day job. I got in uh, about almost 20 years ago, started doing some wholesaling work. I mean, we got into the crazy market with the <laughs> pre-crash and everything like that. Uh, actually went back and got day job, kept doing a little bit of wholesaling, but it was just tough road to hoe. Uh, 2011, 2012 type time frame, nine, 10 so years which ago. Market, which market? Oh, I'm in the uh, Twin Cities, Minnesota. So Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, Twin Cities metro area is where I'm working here. Um, nine, 10 years ago, I started again full time. I was buying houses off of MLS, rehabbing them and reselling them. Uh, 
And that's, that's my core business right now is just rehabbing houses, uh, reselling them. I add some to my rental portfolio, but primarily it's just buy, fix up, uh, and resell them. Nice. Nice. And what is the, the volume that you're doing, uh, right now? Uh, right now this year, this year we should, should sell, uh, somewhere in the range of 15 to 20 houses. Uh, we sold 12 last year. We sold six the year before, uh, prior to that, we were typically doing two or three a year. So we, I just started to take it a little more seriously a few years ago and say, what, what exactly does this look like to, um, really try to do more and not be responsible for everything. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's a pretty good uh, growth numbers, you know, pretty much almost doubling every year, right. For the last. Yeah. And where, where are you in that business? Like what are your roles right now? What does the business look like? Uh, what it looks like right now is um, I handle I handle most of the stuff on the front end. I have a full-time assistant and a part-time VA. VA does list, uh, list cleanup, list accumulation, things like that. My assistant handles a, a ton of stuff that I don't even know what she does sometimes. Uh, I just know things get done that have to get done. But I mean, she's paying bills. She's getting mail out. Uh, she's handling everything uh, that just kind of has to happen to uh, make the business run kind of on the front end. Uh, and then I have a full-time project manager where, I mean, once we get the house, um, once we own the house, I just kind of hand it off to her and I'm mostly hands off at that point. She just takes it and runs with it. I mean, we're, we're always in contact via Slack and, and messages and stuff like that to, see where we're at with things and any questions she's got, but pretty much 95, 98% once we, once we have it under contract or, or once we purchase it, then she's responsible for that. And then we've got, even though I'm a broker, I've got a, uh, another agent who handles all the listing stuff and things of that nature for us. So, uh, she's, I mean, she's an independent contractor. She's not an employee, but she is part of the team. Oh, nice. Nice. So, so you're doing more of the, uh, the lead generation or, you know, the deals, like picking up the deals, doing acquisitions uh, for the, for the business is the main role. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing the planning there. I mean, I'm working on lining up uh, more private funding, dealing with uh, small local banks, trying to find better funding that way. Um, going off and figuring out what our marketing plans look like, how we're going to implement them. Uh, what kind of repeat sequences we want on various things. And then, yep, once, once calls come in, I mean, I'm talking to sellers, I'm going on appointments. Uh, I'm the, yeah, I'm the, I'm the person at that point, at least interacting with the sellers, trying to find out what can we do to help them and, and take care of them. And uh, just really, really focus on are we the right service for them or not? And if we are, let's figure out what that looks like. If we're not, let's give them some advice and hopefully help them out. But I mean, our objective all the time is to leave, uh, one of our core values is leave everyone we interact with better than we found them. So um, I, I like to tell people, we, we try to help people with their situation and sometimes we buy houses. Nice, nice. 
And before we got on to record the interview, we were we were discussing um, some some things about the way you're operating your business. You know, for the last you know 10, 10 years or so, um, you know, coming back after the you know the the crash before and, and growing back into it. And and I saw a lot of similarities with how I was operating in my business for so long you know, with, with doing the acquisitions and, and doing a lot of the marketing and things like that. And what, you know, where are you at now sort of mentally with all of that? Or, or um, you know, how are you feeling about doing all of those role, like those, those roles and, and how busy you are in the business right now? Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not someone someone who's wired really for sales. I mean, most of the people that you talk to, uh, if they do like a disc test, they're super high D and and low S, low C. I mean, low kind of uh, detail oriented and and by the book type of that. I'm the opposite. I've got really low D and really high S and C. So I'm very systems and uh, organization and processes person. So, I mean, it's. I'm very good. I'm very good because I really want to help people. I do want what's best for them. And if it's not me, I'll tell them that. But uh, I do want what's best for them. So I'm able to be competent in the acquisitions role. However, it's also, it's tough. It's draining. It's, it's not natural. The social aspects of that are not natural for me. So uh, kind of the more calls I'm taking, the more people I'm talking to on the phone, the more appointments going on. It It is physically draining. I mean, I've been talking about for the past, I, I think I figured it out about six to eight months ago, I figured out and said, I'm, I'm going to need to get myself out of that role. It's just, it is too draining because I had seven appointments over three days, which is not an overwhelming number. Wow. But I was I was done. I mean, I I was completely done. I I slept really hard every night. It was just, it was physically draining on me. It was too much. Um, it's it's a role into unto itself, and again, I'm competent at it. But I mean, I'm ob- absolutely not maximizing things. I mean, I'm not taking the time to do all the necessary follow ups with people. I'm not digging into my database and doing this, that, and the other thing. I'm not doing potentially networking with other folks and all of that just I'm I can't do all of that I mean I got the project management off my plate which really helps so Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that but next step and we're we're bringing on an acquisitions person here in about a week and a half so um, so I'm excited to bring her on and and work with her I mean obviously we'll be attached at the hip here for (laughs) for a while going through training and making sure we're doing things the way we do things. Uh, but ultimately getting that off my plate is going to be really beneficial for me to start to be able to focus on even more different stuff with higher level parts of running the business. What does it look like? I mean, rehabbing cash flows are always a big challenge. You never know when, <laughs> never know yeah. when money's coming in, even though money keeps going out somehow. So, uh, things of that nature. There's, there's a lot to running the business outside of doing the day-to-day tasks. And I'm just need to take one more step away from the day-to-day tasks. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're definitely making some changes uh, in the business that are, are going to 
you know, are basically huge investments in the way it's going to alter the business and, and provide much more for you after you make it through. I'm interested in, in your point of view and why, um, you know, for all the, all the years that you did do a lot of those things. And I did the exact same thing, but I would like your point of view of, you know, why, why, why didn't you let go of it sooner? Um, it's, it's hard. It's a challenge. I mean, you, I mean, there are kind of, to some degree, there are pluses and minuses to bringing folks on or not bringing folks on you. Everyone says, okay, hire for where you're going. Well, again, looking at my disc tests and, and other personality profiles, I am very conservative. I mean, I will, I will hire for where I should have hired three to six months ago. I mean, I will like overload myself, overwhelm myself, and then say, we're to a point where, okay, we've got extra money in the bank. We've got extra deals in the pipeline. I know what's coming. So if I bring on another person who's, who, I mean, kind of another mouth to feed, I'm in a financial position to be able to take care of that person and make sure that, um, make sure that we can handle that and we can have a still a strong sustainable business and be able to pro provide for that additional person uh now i mean before that i mean i was just i was afraid i mean i was kind of stay small keep it all and and that kind of mindset but when I decided to stay small, keep it all, and then we grew to doing, I mean, we sold six the one year a couple of years ago, all of a sudden I realized this is hard. I mean, it, it was pretty much just me and a VA. I mean, hard to keep track of everything. And I started to realize that balls were dropping and I was just being mediocre at everything. So, I mean, I wasn't actively project managing. I mean, I wasn't, I, I wasn't doing any follow-up with anyone. Uh, just, I wasn't doing any of that stuff. Everything I did was at a subpar level. And I was talking about, I just want to do like 12 a year, stay super, super lean. And I'll be able to do really well financially and all this. But I mean, I got to six and realized that this plan sucks. So it's, it's either, it's either um, kind of like uh, Michael Gerber and Nemeth talks about it's when, when you're the uh, adolescent business, it's either revert to infancy or you go for it and, and grow and kind of become an adult business. Otherwise in that in, in between stage, you're just kind of holding on for dear life. So I made the decision at that point and said, okay, it's time. We've, I mean, we've, we're doing more deals. We got money in the bank time to bring on an assistant to take stuff off my plate yeah. and brought her on, started getting things off my plate. Okay. This is great. Ultimately, I mean, brought on the project manager cause I knew I wasn't actively managing my projects, brought her on about four months later. And I mean, every time you bring someone on, you're spending months working with them. Um, so brought her on and I mean, we were attached at the hip for three to six months too. And now she just runs that side of the business. That's awesome. Wow. That's really cool because it, you, you made a decision like you saw, yeah, this isn't, this isn't what I signed up for in terms of 
stay small. I love that. Stay small, keep it all. And it's like, you find out at the end of the day, I'm not keeping much. <laughs> like it's, it's, it seems like, you know, giving away a piece of the pie is gonna, is gonna be something for, for me. And, and I don't know if you felt this way, but I, I also had the mindset of stay small and, and reinforcing that with like, if we're lean and mean, we can do whatever we want. And, uh, you know, if we want to go on vacation and not do a couple deals or something like that, but life never seemed to work out that way where we could just do that. Right. It was like, it had to keep going. And so there's like, for me, there was this false sense of, you know, being easier by not having help. And I mean, did you experience the same thing or? I, I did. And I mean, I used to think that too. The, the other interesting thing that, I mean, psychologically, that I ran into was kind of almost once I started to hire people, my goals expanded. Mm. I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of like a, okay, I bring someone on now I need to work harder. I mean, not necessarily harder, work smarter, work. I mean, do more, do more volume. I mean, make more, bring more into the company, help more people out. But I mean, by having people there, it's like I will do things that I was comfortable before. So I wouldn't really push. But now that I've got people there, it's like I will do things because other people are involved that I wouldn't do if it was just me. Mm. So that was a real interesting psychological change. That I'm like, oh, wait, yeah. So by hiring people, all of a sudden, I will push to do more but they've got stuff off my plate. So it's not necessarily that I'm working that much more, but, uh, or, or I may be working less ultimately once you bring them on, but your goals expand because you understand too, that if we do more, we can help more people. We, if we do more, I can take better care of the people on my team, the better we can take care of myself and my family too. But the more, I mean, the more you do, the better we do, the more people we can take care of and, and bless with what we do in our business, whether it's vendors, whether it's contractors, whether it's our employees, people have challenges. I mean, we have the means to help them by growing that way. So, I mean, I just felt significantly more comfortable <laughs> pushing yeah. to grow once, once I had more people as part of the company. So uh, we, our, our goal is still to stay super lean. I mean, we're looking at, I mean, our goal ultimately is a uh, couple of years down the road, we'd like to be selling 50 or 60 a year. And we can legitimately pull that off with me having myself and four full-time people. Hmm. I mean, maybe we have to add one more additional person somewhere in the mix, but I mean, that's not a lot of people to do that kind of volume. Yeah, uh, that's doable. Yeah, and and I mean, in the rehab business, you can do that. I mean, in the wholesaling business, it's it's kind of a different animal, but in the rehab business, um, to do kind of those gross uh, gross income numbers and things like that, you can do that and stay pretty small. But you start to you start to get to a point where you grow and you you want to make sure you have coverage, kind of like you said, if you're going to step away a little bit. Um, like my project manager is going on vacation. So I'm stepping into her role while she's away. Um, I mean, my assistant is helping with certain things with it too. Uh, but 
once you once you hire a few people or have three, four, five people, then you cross train them, and then you just get a little bit better coverage when one person is away. Yeah, that's that's nice to have that that net there to be able to to do that and allow for for everybody to to have that time off and and uh, and set all that up. I, I really like. I mean, you're saying a lot of things that are that I'm writing down because I really think it, it represents it very well. You know, it's like your goals expanded, and you you started working on bigger problems, right? And in my mind, I imagined the whole bigger domino thing. You know, if you're if you're working in the business, you're, you're knocking down all the little dominoes. But once you brought somebody else on, all of a sudden you went over to the big domino and pushed it over and it squashed all these other dominoes. Or, or you start or you start at least leaning on the big domino. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, I mean, that's where the thing for us, too, is, again, with my conservatism, I mean, you had, you had said, like, okay, we're almost doubling each year. But, I mean, I know people who shoot from zero to, I mean, zero to 40, 50, 60, mm. 100. In the wholesaling business, it's a different animal in the rehabbing business. But, uh, but shoot up really, really fast. I look at what we're doing, and it's just kind of more organic growth. We make more so we can put more into marketing. So we make a little bit more and we can put a little more into marketing and just kind of an incremental growth type thing, as opposed to trying to say, we just made a hundred grand this month. Okay. How do I, how do I dump a hundred grand into marketing in the next two months? It's like, mm -hmm. that's, that's crazy. Um, we just, we just kind of increment it up and it's very comfortable growth pattern that way, which again, kind of is more conservative and we can handle it better and just it's more stable for all of us involved even though we have big goals it's how do we take the next step and the next step and the next step rather than being a shooting star type business do you find that now that you have other people working with you that that you have more ideas for for how to improve the business now that it's not all just on your shoulders I do. I mean, I when when people kind of talk about um, what they're best at and what their superpowers are and things like that, what I tell people for me is, I am I am very good at optimizing processes or improving processes once they're in place. I'm not the guy to build the process from scratch. I mean, I'm just that's not how I'm wired. But once it's there, I can take a look at it and say, oh. We should improve this here. What what about we modify this and move this here? And how do we streamline that or streamline that? Or how do we uh, do this and offload this responsibility over here and and this and that? I mean, we have we have rather extensive things built out in Asana for, I mean, anytime once we're under contract with a property, we've got a whole I mean, pretty extensive uh, workflows and stuff built out in Asana for. Uh, related to the purchase and sale of property, as well as the rehab of the property. So we've worked together and been fine-tuning all of that. And we find something we miss, and all of a sudden our template changes for the next one because we improved it, because we found a hole in our business. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I think that, yeah, if, if, if anybody listening is not running using processes, even if it's just you, you know, they're, they're, you're just missing out big time because, you know, the, those things that 
Yeah, you might remember most everything all the time, but there's going to come a time where you're forgetting key things that really are going to end up causing problems and, and extra work for you. And then when you bring somebody on, you know, you're going to give them what you remember, which maybe is the most used stuff, but then some of the efficiencies that you figured out along the way get dropped because you're trying to train them pretty quickly. You, you said something about, um, about uh, you know, if the process is already there, you like to tweak it, you like to improve it. Like that, that interests you, but not setting it up. And it's really interesting because I, I was like, wow, I think I'm, I'm exactly the same way. I cannot stand having to sit down and make it, but I love you know, fixing it up, you know, and saying, hey, this is, we could do this here, we can do this here. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting revelation. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I won't sit down to take the time to do it from scratch. I mean, if I'm, if I'm, I mean, I can work through it with my project manager, work through it with my assistant and say, okay, well, here's kind of what we're doing. We need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this. And I mean, I can just kind of, kind of verbalize it all and say, kind of, here's, here's all the stuff involved in this, put it together based off what we talked about. Then let's, <laughs> then let's look at it and we will, uh, we will kind of refine it from there. Uh, but I mean, I just, I won't sit down and do that part. It's just, it's, it's not what I can do. I mean, I can do it, but I, I'll get to it in about 10 years. So <laughs> I need some, I need someone else to build it, yeah. but I'll, I, I can tweak it in short order. And so I'm curious then you're bringing on an acquisitions person soon. What do you have prepared for them so far before they come on? Um, I mean, obviously there's just the, there's just the basic parts of, of being part of the company is okay. Getting them access to our various systems and things like that. I mean, that's basic onboarding. We've got an HR company that handles the, uh, the HR aspects. So they handle all of that. But then, I mean, obviously the big one here is one kind of training them how we do things and then plugging into the resources we have um, I mean, I've, I've attended John Martinez's training, sales training multiple times, and I've got access uh, through him to his, to his online stuff. So we get to run the salesperson or the new acquisitions person. And, and I don't even like calling them acquisitions people. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be calling her like an advisor because that's, that's more, that more fits kind of who we are acquisitions manager acquisitions person just feels funny to me i mean i'm like we're advising people and if we're the right answer let's let's help them out so just a little a little tweak there that's just kind of how we do things how we have conversations i mean so many of my calls are recorded so i mean we'll be working through some of those we'll be i mean i'm sure we'll be sitting down every couple of days with her any calls that come in that she takes, let's go through, let's have the conversation. What's this like? What's that like? Um, I mean, I just got back from uh, John's training too. And, and one of the things he said is just realize you're, you're going to implement one thing or two things. And then three or four months down the road, you add something in. So I took notes and said, okay, here's, here's what we will do first. And so nice, yeah. it's like, it's like, let's do that. Let's kind of set the stage, set expectations, everything like that on upfront on every call. 
and on every appointment. Let's start there. Let's make sure we're doing that and we review calls and make sure all of that is happening on all the calls. But then once that's firmly in place, then add on the next thing. So, um, so I mean, she and I will be together going through things, listening to calls, discussing calls, everything like that a lot. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be a lot of my time for the first couple months, just really honing that. Hmm. Um, what, are, what are you, um, what other kind of, of tasks are you going to have the acquisitions or um, the advisor? <laughs> the advisor do, like, are they, will they be involved in the, um, you know, follow-up? Uh, they will be involved in follow-up. They will be involved in digging into my database. Cause again, hmm. I've, I've, I've got a database of leads that, I mean, I'm, I'm poorly following up with, so they will be digging in there and uh, reaching out to all of those folks, really making sure we've got them kind of in the right place in our follow-up sequences in the CRM. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I've got a CRM and I'm using it very poorly. So, so it's just, I mean, figure out where everyone is in the process and then make sure they get dumped into the right uh kind of the right follow-up sequence and at least get that started and and to some degree cleaned up hmm. based off of based off the conversations that she has with them now kind of after the fact the leads that we've gotten over the last I don't know five years or so probably wow yeah no it's it's that, that that's brilliant and you know old lead reactivation I think is is missed by a lot of people you know, there's some that you're following up with, but there's probably some that even got stopped following up at some, a certain point. And that's just gold. Cause if they didn't sell, like there, there could be a good chance that, you know, they're pretty motivated at this point. What, what, uh, what do you use right now? Cause you said that you would listen to calls, you would listen to recorded calls to then do training and things. What are you using for that? Um, we're using call rail on the front end for all the calls coming in right now. Nice. So um, we've got that. And then Honestly, when I call people back, I'm calling them from my cell phone and I've got a recorder on my cell phone. So, um, so I mean, I've got recordings of that also. I don't have, I mean, I haven't implemented like a recorder in the house when I talk to sellers or anything like that. But, um, but I mean, it's a lot of the conversation there is just kind of an extension of the call of the phone call conversation we have just on the phone. Okay, and I'll be sitting talking on the phone with someone for 30 or 45 minutes. Hmm. So it's just kind of a, to some degree, it's a um, slightly abbreviated version of what happens in the house anyway. So that's kind of the, uh, some of the training components and stuff that we'll, we'll do there. But call rail is our main one and, and all the calls that come in get recorded. Yeah, do you use call rail, different numbers from call rail to track marketing? The different marketing campaigns yeah we've got we've got 15 to 20 different numbers mm -hmm. not not that all of them are necessarily fully active right now uh like we don't have 20 marketing channels going out <laughs> every month or or even every quarter here right now some of them i can probably get rid of but we have we have a lot of numbers there yeah nice and um you know as far as is tracking the different marketing that comes in, 
and and you know are you doing any keeping track of metrics on that <laughs> the answer would be no uh, <laughs> and that's and that and that's one of the things that we're going to be working on with getting some more things off of my plate that we can really hone in on some of the kpis and understand where we're at with things i know where we're at with like items with the rehab i mean i know where are we on the timelines how many how many days from uh from purchase to list how many days from list to close or how many days from purchase to close um i mean i i have numbers for all of that but on the kind of acquisition side, the I mean, the sales side of the business, I don't have those because, I mean, that's not something I'm exceptional at and we haven't built out. We're working on gathering that data and working on putting that all together. Um, but that's something that I will be able to work on more so I can make educated decisions based off of that and really understand where are we deriving benefit from in our marketing channels? Which ones are performing better? Uh, what should we pour more fuel on? Which one should we pull pull money from? Things of that nature. I mean, I just, I haven't dug into the data at all. I just had my, after I got uh, worked over at my last uh, mastermind meeting about that, uh, one of one of my responsibilities was to at least get a base level of KPIs and understand how we want to collect them on a weekly basis. Nice, and I can help you with that too. I we can talk after the show about you know forefront CRM and how that can help, and I can I can show you some of that stuff because we can totally help you with with doing that with that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, and moving on though with. You know, the, the question that I, I'm starting to like to ask in this podcast, and sometimes, you know, if uh, it might be a weird question to answer, and it probably wouldn't if I didn't preface it with that, but is there anything right now in your business that you feel in the operation of your business or anything that you feel like you're avoiding? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think the upfront part, I mean, the whole the whole sales acquisitions part is just something, again, I'm not naturally wired for. Mm. So we aren't, we aren't exceptional at that part. And that's why I'm needing to <laughs> needing to get myself out of some of that and, and remove myself from pieces of that just because we're not great at that, because that's just fundamentally not how I'm wired. Mm. Obviously, it's a, a necessary part of the business. But for us to grow and become what we can become and uh, and make the impact that we want to be able to make, I mean, we need people who will be able to kind of take ownership of that part. Like um, my uh, my advisor, my real estate advisor that I'm bringing on, uh, I I told her I said, okay, kind of from from the time a phone rings or or a lead gets submitted online up front from that point until we're under contract, it's like, that's all yours. I mean, it's like, this is your responsibility. This is the, this is the scope. This is where you sit. I mean, responsibility of everything within there is your responsibility and hmm. need, need you to own that part and really help us to develop it to uh, a much greater extent. So we're 
just in a better better position and someone completely dedicated to that rather than me getting still getting pulled in a variety of directions if i'm getting pulled around as long as we've got kind of enough deals coming in well <laughs> do i have to put in the extra effort or not well i don't necessarily i mean like what a week i mean last week yeah last week we bought three houses so I'm like, okay, we're we're good for a little while. <laughs> I mean, that's it, it's it's kind of the kind of the roller coaster that you get into, where where if you don't have someone dedicated in there, it's just kind of you get some deals and then you're working them. Even though I've got team working them, it's still um, it's like you're not as hungry. So you just get your your content. You're a little more complacent. But uh, bringing out an additional person, again, another mouth to feed all of a sudden, let's, let's push a little bit harder here. Let's, let's, let's put everyone on the team in a position where they can achieve the greatest success that they want to. So uh, whether that's a training aspect, whether that's, I mean, getting more leads in the door. So, um, so we have more people to talk to, whether it's just getting more houses so that we can refine things on the back end and my project manager can have more success there. It's just uh, doing everything you can to help develop everyone on your team and everything you do as a business. Yeah, nice. And with the team, especially since you're growing now, what do you have a certain meeting format that you follow? You know, like frequency and then how is it sort of structured? Right now, I mean, right now we've just got a, we've got a weekly meeting with my project manager, my assistant and I, I mean, once a week we're having a meeting like that and it usually winds up being a couple hours on Monday morning. Uh, every day, every other day I have every additional day during the week, I also have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with my assistant, just a quick check-in every morning to kind of see where we're at uh, with the, with the uh, real estate advisor coming on I'm not sure exactly what it's going to look like once we get stabilized. I mean, up front, she and I'll be checking in every day. Uh, that'll be another, and and all these meetings are on Zoom. We have an office space, but we don't really use it. Uh, it's it's a one room office, so that uh, I mean, honestly, we store materials there and we get mail there, and we have a legitimate address for Google Business. So that's, that's kind of what we've got there, but we don't meet there. Everything is virtual. So, I mean, we do a ton on zoom, just connecting that way every once in a while we're, we're meeting out and about, but for the most part, that's just what it looks like. What is the, whenever you meet with them, is there a structure to it or is it just, Hey, what's going on? What do you need help with? Um, when it's the whole team, pretty much it's, it's, uh, a walkthrough of everything we've got going on right now. Uh, so, I mean, we use, we use Slack. We have a different Slack channel for every property that we have that works out really fantastic. I mean, all of our, all of our communication about the projects internal happens in our Slack channels. So we don't email, we don't text. There's an occasional phone call if it's important. I mean, if it's really something usually something bad that we about a rehab that we have to discuss but um pretty much all the communication is in the slack channels so we just walk through there and say 
where are we at with this one? Where are we at with this one? Where are we at with this one? And just kind of checking in that way each week on that. We have uh, just general discussions about, okay, where are we at as a kind of as a company? Um, what do we have coming up? What's potentially in the pipeline? Uh, where are we at with everything? It's like, okay, do we need to go off and uh, get ourselves some new shirts? I just got <laughs> just got new shirts here. Uh, things like that. Uh, do we, because I mean, we're, we're taking some steps to kind of do some more kind of here's who kind of humanize our company a little bit more. So I mean, we've got, we've got our new shirts, we're going to be doing team photo shoots, things like that, have that information on social media and on our site and everything like that. But just some of those kinds of conversations about that general conversations about, okay, well, kind of where do we want to be as a company? What do we want to do? Uh, what kind of impact do we want to have? I mean, we have conversations about, um, are there any kind of any specific uh, opportunities that we have to give back that we have that there is around, whether it's specific charities or, or situations where we can help people out? Uh, we have conversations about, okay, what can we do to help the team uh, in their personal or professional development or, or somehow helping, helping them to become better and better at kind of who they are, what their life looks like, just uh, helping to find ways that they have an enjoyable life. I mean, I don't want people to come, al come along and have say, okay, this is a job, this kind of sucks. I mean, I'm, I'm putting in my time and then I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. I mean, I want, literally, I, I tell my team, I'm like, I want to kind of underwork you. I don't, I don't want the normal work week to be 40 hours. I want it to be closer to 30 to 35. I mean, I just want it to be a little more relaxed. I mean, everything has to get done. I'm more concerned about stuff getting done than the number of hours that, that they put in. That being said, there are weeks when it's 50, 60, 70 hours. It just happens from time to time. I mean, we get, we get three projects in in a week and mm -hmm. we're doing, and we're doing punch out on two others. Guess what? There's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts that given week. So, I mean, we're putting in extra hours and extra time at that point, but I mean, I want them to have a positive experience with everything we're doing and and again, helping us as as a group to also be have positive influence on the team, and then positive influence on the community and and others that we know that may benefit from what we're able to do. So, I mean, we have it's mostly about current projects, but then it's okay. Where else are we, and and what other situations are we in, and what can we do to um, kind of be an asset to the community and be an asset to other folks too, as well as, as well as be an asset to, I mean, everyone on our team. Yeah, I love that. There's more of a purpose behind all of it that you guys are all working collectively towards instead of just get the job, put the hours in, get paid for those hours. And that's all there is to it. We, we, we try to do it. I mean, it's, it's always looking for ways that we can kind of help someone out if, if they need it and we're in a position to help, let's see what we can do for them. Cool. Cool. What um, are you, if you're reading a book right now, what book is it? And if not, what's the last book that you've read? 
um, I'm an audiobook person, so um, I am I am in the middle of Winning by Tim Grover. That one just came out. I mean, he he did Relentless before that. He's the he's the guy who coached Michael Jordan. So uh, Winning, I think it just came out a couple weeks ago. So I am I'm in the middle of listening to that one. Um, as far as I mean. As far as other books that have definitely had input impact, I always refer people back to the Life in Air book. Mm. Uh, just, just kind of really, really understanding what you want your life to look like and building your business around what you want your life to look like, uh, rather than trying to fit your life in around your business. Just because trying to do it that way, your your life's going to suffer if you know what your life looks like and and. Uh, build your business around that it will work significantly better i mean it will business will be an asset to your life not a detriment to your life so that's i mean that's the book that i have listened to i mean i've been involved in life in there for about 10 years uh but i've read or listened to that book i mean probably annually i go through that one just to kind of help refocus and um revisit the vision that i have or that we have for what our life is nice yeah I, I i'm behind that all the way too i love that book and and steve and what he's what he's done over the years and actually he was one of the first um sort of mentors for me in the house flipping even though he didn't really know it whenever uh creative real estate online was a thing i don't know if it still is or not so i shouldn't say it that way but when it was a forum back then i i, I he was posting and asking questions and getting his growth and start and, you know, I, I stumbled upon all those posts about a year or two later. So I searched for his name and I looked at all the posts that he had written and I learned so much from what he was asking and, and the information he was getting. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, obviously he had a lot of success with that and then uh, realized that kind of the, your life and vision is a little more important. So kind of pivoted over there and has, has built a good community there. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for, for being on the show. And if um, anybody listening right now wants to get a hold of you, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, if they want, if they want to connect to me on on Facebook, uh, if 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 they happen to send a friend request, send a message to. <laughs> I get a pile of friend requests, and it's like if if I don't know you, if I don't know the connections, it's like yeah, you might not get accepted. But I mean. You can message me on Facebook, uh, Glenn Williams. It's Glenn with two N's. Williams and company is KNG Investments in Minnesota. So that's where you find me there. Um, or they can email me. Uh, they can email me. It's Glenn with two N's at uh, fairpricehousesale.com. So they can reach out to me any of those ways. And I mean, I'm always willing to help. I mean, definitely busy. So I mean, I'm not the, the most prompt with things. But um, if I can help folks out or be of assistance, I'm always wanting to do that. Great. Thank you so much for being on the show. And and I want to say too, that, you know, the changes that you're making right now in the business and really going out of your comfort zone, again, to reach the next level of success is uh, inspiring. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, thank Thank you for having me on. Thanks for allowing me to kind of 
share some things. Hopefully, hopefully some folks who are in the growth stage will uh, will connect with some of some of the, what I've been through, and and it helps them clarify or or cut down on some of the challenges that they might have. Yeah, I'm sure it will. All right, thanks, Glenn. Keep in touch. Thank you. You too. Absolutely. Thanks for having me and you take care too. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye. All right. I really enjoyed that episode with Glenn Williams. And he talked about a, a big part in there, the, the not doing, you know, being too busy because he was on acquisitions, not doing follow-up, not digging into his database. And, you know, that's just such a huge source of great deals for people that don't require more leads, right? If you're already generating leads and you're not maximizing those, you know, we're missing out. We're leaving a ton of money on the table. And that's one of the main reasons that Forefront, the way we built Forefront CRM was to put the follow-up in the background for you and automate that. If the seller responds, you know, if they respond to your automated follow-up, then it comes back into the front, into the forefront again, get it? And it shows up on your pipeline again, and you start working that lead as an active lead again. And so it takes a lot off your plate and still allows you to do that follow-up. And then digging into old leads, right? If you've got old leads that have been in follow-up or even fell out of follow-up, you can go back and look at those in the system and start putting them in follow-up again or just manually reach out to them so that you can, you can then go back through and try to resurrect, reactivate those old leads that you've got. And it's just a great way to make sure that you're, you're getting as many deals as you can out of the leads that you're already generating. If you haven't yet, go ahead and head over to ForefrontCRM.com and check it out. If you want, book a demo. We'd love to show you the power of the system. Everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you next time.